and it reads as follows. One day Samuel said to Saul, it was the Lord who told me to anoint you as king of his people Israel. Now listen to this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I have decided to settle accounts with the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. Now go and completely destroy the entire Amalekite nation. Men, women, children, babies, cattle, sheep, goats, camels, and donkeys. Help me announce my text today. Text today, amen. Today's message is called Dangerous Detours. Amen. Oh my God. Oh my God. Dangerous Detours. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. In this second installation of the GPS series, God Positioning System, we're going to look at today's text through the lens of traveling and then choosing to drive down a dangerous detour. The definition of detour is to depart from a direct course or the usual procedure. While detours can be annoying or a hindrance, they are designed to take us a roundabout way to reach our destination safely. But if you decide to ignore the signs, and travel on the road anyway. Make that turn anyway. Not only could you hinder yourself, but you also might cause, cause your life as well. We're still dealing with King Saul. We know what from last week, that Saul has fell, fell out of favor with God, right? He's fell out of God's favor because he didn't stay in his lane. He decided to do Samuel's job, which is the priest and the prophet. So instead of waiting on God, he chose to do his own thing. I can't go back and discuss all this. You've got to watch last week if you missed it. But we see something that I love right here is God's grace. Amen. It says Samuel came to him, talking to him, and said, look here, I got a message to you from God. So Saul has messed up. He's jacked up. But that God gave him another chance. Amen. I guess I'm the only one that's got another chance. That I've blown it. That I've messed up. That I didn't do what God told me to do. And yet God so good and so kind came back and said, look here, Saul. I'm going to give you another shot. Uh, all right, you can't be king forever, but I'm still going to give you another shot. I need you to do what I need you to do. What I need you to do. He said, look here. Remember that I made you king. Remember God told me to anoint you. Don't ever forget that. So now I need you to make my word come to pass. I got a job for you. Look at this, verse 2 and 3. This is what the Lord of heaven army said. I declared an account. I decided to settle accounts against the nation of Amalek for opposing Israel when they came from Egypt. God said, look here, I need you to go down and kill everybody. They men, they women, they children, they babies, they cattle, they sheep, they camels, they donkeys. What in the world did Amalek do to deserve a judgment so harsh from God? Exodus 17 gives us this account when Egypt is when Israel is coming out of Egypt. They're going over crossing the Red Sea now. They're trying to get to the promised land and they're thirsty. They're tired. They're weary. Moses hits a rock and gives them some water from the rock. So they just get refreshed. They're on their way and then Amalek sneaks up behind them and starts killing Israel. 
Yeah, yeah. They just traveling, minding their business. They sneak up behind them. They killing them. They killing their women. They killing their children. All the people straggling along. They have no mercy upon them. So they go to war. And in this war, God has Moses sitting on top of a rock. And as long as Moses' arms are lifted up, they're winning the war against Amalek. And when Moses' arms go down, they lose the war. So they keep his arms lifted. Joshua defeats them. Look at Exodus 7 and 14. What God says after the victory, the Lord instructed Moses, write this down on a scroll as a permanent reminder and read it aloud to Joshua. I will erase the memory of Amalek from under heaven. God don't want nothing to do with people that are hurting his people. Deuteronomy 25 is another reminder of what they did to God's people. So we know this. This is serious business. And God told him what? To write it down. Because I'm going to need you to deal with them in the future. Moses has been gone. Exodus over with. Uh, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Leviticus, all that over with. Judges is over with. We're now in 1 Samuel. Hundreds of years have went past and now God is coming to collect. See, I want you to see this punishment. See, it ain't coming out the blue. It ain't coming out of nowhere. God is doing this because they have hurt his people. And God is trusting Saul to make his word come to pass. He said it has to happen. Yeah. So Saul does the respectable thing, y'all. It's the Kenanites there. Saul said, look here, it's about to go down. I need all y'all. If y'all want to live, y'all need to leave. Amen. We're about to go take care of Amalek. Uh, uh, y'all show kindness to God's people. Y'all can roll out. But if y'all stay, y'all going to die with the Amalekites. So this is what goes on. They dip. And look what happens, y'all. Verse 7 through 9. Then Saul slaughtered the Amalekites from Havelia all the way to Shur, east of Egypt. He, he captured Agag, the Amalekite king, but completely destroyed everyone else. Wow. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the rest of the sheep and goats, the cattle, the fat calves, and the lambs, and everything, in fact, that appealed to them. Wow. They destroyed only what was worthless and of poor quality. We're about to have church today. Okay. Hey, hey, this this series, I'm not looking for amens. I'm letting that be known today. Amen. Praise God. I got to say what thus saith the Lord. Saul has gathered 200,000 soldiers from Israel, 10,000 men from Judah. They go to the Amalekites. He he, they capture the king, but completely destroy everyone else. The men spare only the good calf and the good animals and the good gold. Anything that they thought was worthless, they destroyed. Two things allowed Saul to be king, the anointing and the instructions. Wow. See, what we got to understand is partial obedience is still disobedience. We miss that. Partial, yeah, you cleaned your room, but, I take, but did you take out the trash like I asked you to? Yeah, you did part of it, but you didn't do it all. Partial obedience is still disobedience. And we miss that. We think because we did one thing that we all good, and that's not what God said. God told him to kill it all. Yeah, yeah, men, women, children, babies, not spare the king. God said, kill it all. Don't keep no animals. Kill it all. Why is that so important? Because God doesn't want them having anything that his, that it, God doesn't want them to have anything or honor anything that was attributed to him hurting his people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So God told them to kill it all. So my question today for me, you, us, and we, what is God telling you to kill? That's the question today. What, what, what is hurting you 
that God is saying to kill? Yeah, that's real. Is it people? Yeah. Is it places? Come on. Is it things? Come on. Is it ideas? Come on. Is it relationships? Yeah. Situationships? Yeah. Addictions? Come on. Things that cause you affliction? Yeah. Attitudes? Unbelief? What is God telling you to kill today and not just kill it, but kill it all? See, I come to find out God tells us to kill it all and we try to salvage things that take our sanity. We try to salvage these things and they making us crazier by the minute, by the second, by the day. God been and told you to get rid of it and you hold on to it and it's making you more and more crazy. We like to hold on to things that are hindering us. Yeah, we like, we like to hold on to it. We, we know it's bad. We know it's causing pain. We know it's toxic, but we still keep holding on. We try to rationalize things that cause us to be reckless. Yeah, we try to rationalize it. Well, it ain't that bad. They don't treat me that bad. They don't lie to me that much. They don't hurt me that much. It's going to be okay. They said they wouldn't do it no more. They're going to get over it. No, that's what we do. We rationalize it. And we reckless. My God. And God said, kill it all. Yeah. I know it's early in your message, but tell your neighbors they kill it all. Kill it all. That's the wrong neighbor. Tell the other one, amen. Praise God. God said, kill it all. My See, I'm gonna help you get free. So I'm gonna get free so y'all can get free. Amen. God gave this lady Thomas, and it's a powerful word. It's been a word in our life. That and it holds true. That someone else's freedom is tied to your obedience. That's a word for your life, amen. You got that word, that was probably 2019, maybe. And, and we still be eating off that word. That 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 your obedience is tied to someone else's freedom. Ooh, come on. If you a parent, your obedience is tied to your kids' freedom. Ooh, you in the ministry, your obedience is tied to someone's freedom. It never leaves that. Because when I get free, what's on my life naturally got to fall down on your life. So that'd be true. Saul, the first king of Israel, got 210,000 troops at his command. He's leading them and disobeyed God. What do you think that's going to do to the nation? My God. That if the king don't honor God. That if the king won't obey God. If the leader won't obey God. Why would we expect anyone else to obey him or honor him when the king won't do it? Look at verse 10 and 11, y'all. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I am sorry I ever made Saul king, for he has not been loyal to me and has refused to obey my commands. Samuel was so deeply moved when he heard this, he cried out to the Lord all night. Saul refused to obey God. And because of that, it made God sorry that he made him king. I'm sorry. I got to say this. I don't don't want God ever to be sorry because of what he gave me. I don't want God ever to be sorry because of any influence he gave me. I don't want God ever to be sorry because of the influence and the power he gave you. So he says this. Look at this. I'm sorry. So did God pick room? I beg to differ. I don't don't think so. 
God picked right. Soldiers didn't pick God. That might hit you next week. Uh, God picked right. I know who to anoint. I know who to put in position. But the thing is, I'm in control of the picking. You still got to pick me. You still got to prove your love for me. You still got to obey me. You still got to worship me. No matter who I pick. And the problem is it's not with God's picking. It's the problem is the people not picking God back. And then we don't understand why this life is like this. And this is raggedy. And we get all this confusion in Christianity. Because God did pick some people. But they ain't pick them back. Because it's a personal choice. This is why you have to stay in your lane last week. Look at what he did. Samuel cried all night to the Lord. He cried all night for another man's sins. Saul wanted to boot an offering and a sacrifice. Wanted to be look big in front of the people. He ain't crying at night. He ain't praying for people at night. He ain't crying and upset and worried about what God is doing. He just want to look good for the people. So he up all night broken hearted because Saul won't obey God. What do you think Saul doing? Let's see. Verse 12 and 13. Early the next morning, Samuel went to find Saul. Someone told him Saul went to the town of Carmel to set up a monument to himself. Then he went on to Gigal. When Samuel finally found him, Saul greeted him cheerfully. May the Lord bless you, he said. I have carried out the Lord's commands. Wow. Samuel's crying all night, grieving, heartbroken, because the king won't obey God. Saul disobeyed God deliberately, sinned against God, and had a good night rest. My God. Woo. That's good. Okay, let, let, let me help. It's a trip. When you in the wrong, you can sleep good. It's a trip. It's a trip. When you in the wrong, you can sleep good. Okay. Uh, where, 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 where are my snowfall watches? I know I got some snowfall watches sprinkled in here somewhere, man. Okay. It was a, it was a scene in there, and, and it's when Franklin Saint was selling crack, and he began to move like crazy, and people were turning into zombies and crackheads. The police officer, who was his neighbor, pulled him over and put him in the back seat, and says, "Franklin, you gotta stop." It ain't good for the people. It's bad out here. He said, Franklin, how do you sleep at night? Franklin said, like a baby. It's a trip when you can do so much dirt and so much wrong and you can sleep like a baby. I'm sorry. I don't want to be around you. If you can sleep, you ain't got no conscience. You don't care no more. You better be careful who you around who can do you wrong. And sleep like a baby. Do you wrong and smile in your face. Do you wrong and greet you cheerfully. Saul ain't tripping about last night. He cool. What'd he do? It says he went and set up a monument to himself. He didn't build him a little altar. This is what Saul did. Y'all give him praise. This is what Saul did. He didn't went and build up a monument because he wants to be known and wants God, wants people to honor him. But I find this out because Saul built his monument. Once you stop giving the credit to God, you begin to run out of credit. But once you stop giving the credit to God, you begin to run out of credit. Let me me just do a little lesson. Let's explain how credit works. See, if you got a bill to pay, and if you pay it on time, if you faithful over the small bills, you got a credit score. And what happens, that credit score continues to go up. 
And the more it goes up, the more stuff they'll give you because you've been faithful. So it is with God. God rewards faithfulness. Y'all don't believe it? What Matthew 25 is saying? You are a little. Come here now so I can make you rule over many. You faithful servant. So the more you get credit from God and God says, oh, you loyal. You loyal to me. You obey me. You take care of the small things. You take care of the little stuff. As you continue to do that, you build it up. And I can trust you with more. So we can't be the type of person that always trusts in God. That's the easy part. He God. Can God trust you? That's the question. It's easy to have trust in God. He God. God can do anything but fail. God's not a man he should lie. God's the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. God is creator of heaven and earth. God is the bright and morning star. God is all that. It's easy to trust in God. But the question becomes, can God really trust you? Two different type of people. So then when he sees Samuel, y'all, he's happy. He's excited. Enthused, elated. He proclaiming the Lord's blessings. Look here, dog. I done carried out God's command. Man, come here. Come here. You need to see some of these blessings we got there. Come and hang with me, man. Samuel, I'm trying to tell you we got the hookup. I obey God. I got it cracking in here. Yeah. But I love Samuel's response to him. You want to read some of the chapter. I couldn't do every scripture. Y'all going to read them on. Yeah. Samuel says this. So you obey God, huh? Okay. Why do I hear the bleating of sheep and lamb in my ear? Why do I hear the lowing of cattle? Yeah. Mm. If you obey God, why your ears don't work like mine? If you obey God, why do I hear sheep? Why do I hear animals? Because I thought the word said to kill it all, but you told me you obey God. See, once you take a dangerous detour, you get committed to that path. My God. Uh, Ain't no U-turns when you get on these dangerous detours. He tells Saul, I obey God, even though he didn't. This is what I learned. You can lie so much. (laughs) You begin to believe your own lies. What's sad is, I know someone scrolled across your foreheads. You remember the exact scenario, the exact situation, when you knew they was lying to you, and you knew it, and they was lying, yet it still, they kept lying. Oh, Oh, Jesus. My God, my God. You realize that either they know they are lying, or they have lost the ability to tell the difference between truth and lies. See, by believing your own lies, you end up deceiving yourself. And I had to break the news to you. If no one came across your mind, you can't remember the scenario. It might be you. Praise God. Amen. Uh, maybe it's you. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you can't remember nobody. They never did that to you. Amen. But, but, but the truth of the matter is, he's lying and don't even realize he's lying. The New Testament calls this a reprobate mind. It says that a person can get so engulfed in sin can get so caught up in sin's web, so tangled up in sin that it begins to a point that they can't even tell the difference between right or wrong no more. That God hands them over to a reprobate mind, that they believe their own lies, their conscience is seared because of this. See, when you can't recognize your wrongs or your lies, 
and you constantly justify them, you will alienate yourself from God. First of all, God, God is a spirit in truth. God lives in truth. He don't care, not in your wrong, in your truth. He, God resists the proud, give grace to the humble, amen. So when you continue to live a lie, you alienate yourself from God, first of all. But then you will lose credibility in all of your relationships. You mess up relationships. People aren't being, don't want to hang with you. They can't trust you no more. And that's not how God designed it to be, y'all. Look at this, verse 15. This is Saul talking. It's true that the army spared the best of the sheep, goats, and cattle, Saul admitted. But they are going to sacrifice them to the Lord your God. We have destroyed everything else. Saul still on his line table. Trying to make it sound good. Hey, yeah, it was the people that uh, kept everything. It wasn't me. The people kept the best of the thing, but but don't trip. I know you're supposed to kill it all, but we're going to sacrifice it to God later. So it ain't even no reason to trip, Sam. I got it. One thing I don't like about Saul, he's a weak leader. He's blaming the people when he the king. Yeah, see, see, Moses ran into some funk with God and the people. But when the children of Israel got on his nerves to the last nerve, caused them really to miss out on seeing the promised land because they got on his nerves so bad, it got to a point they complained and whined so much. God said, I'm sick of it. Moses, I'm going to kill them all and start over with you and your family. He says, no, Lord, don't do that. Please don't do it. No, 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 don't do that. Because if you do it, your enemy's going to say you have power to, to get them out of Egypt, but not power to deliver them. We'll get them straight. We'll figure it out. But please, God, don't do it. Saul, on the other hand, tells Samuel, the troops kept all the stuff. The troops are going to sacrifice it to God. And see, it makes us have this ideology that Saul has, I believe, is running rampant in the world today. Just because you offer it up to God... Doesn't mean God accepts it. Come on, God. Come on. Deliver this word. Yes. Just because you offer it up, it. don't mean it's acceptable to Him. That's good. God don't want nothing that the devil is using to hurt His people. Why, why would God need what the enemy got to offer up to Him when He got? Why would He need that? And what happens is we live in a world where the lines are so blurred right now between God and the world and idols and not idols and all this. It's a big melting pot. And when it's a big melting pot, it presents confusion. God ain't never took nothing from Molech, from Baal, from Dagon. These are false gods in the Bible and the Old Testament. He ain't never took nothing they did and said, offer it to me. So Samuel... It's frustrating. So he begins to share with Saul. He said, look here, the Lord came to me last night. Do you want to know what he said? Saul, like, yeah, I just obeyed God. I want to hear about this next level of anointing. I want to hear about my next blessing. I just did. I just killed the Amalekites. Give it to me, Sam. He says this. The Lord told him, although you were so little of yourself, of your tribe, of your family, the Lord still anointed you to be king of Israel when you were nothing. When you thought you were nothing. You was the most handsome person and the tallest and didn't have no self-confidence. You 
you was the handsomest person and tallest and didn't believe in yourself. Yeah, yeah. I picked you. Yeah, yeah. To show you who I am and what I can do in your life. Come on, come on. I sent you on a mission. Yeah. To destroy the Amalekites, the sinners, until they are all dead. Why haven't you obeyed the Lord? Why did you rush to keep the plunder and do what was evil in the sight of the Lord? Oh, God. Told you I can't do every verse. Three times, y'all. Three. Saul denies that he disobeyed God. He tells him this. Look here. I did do what God told me to do. I bought back King Agag and I killed everyone else. The truth brought back the livestock. The truth brought back the gold. Deception is a dangerous detour. Yeah. Because when you get on the road to deception, watch this. Wow. My God, Jesus, help wow. me, Lord. Wow. When you get on the road to deception, wow. you wow. get deeper than just telling lies. Ooh, Jesus. See, 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 a bold-faced lie is a bold-faced lie. Yeah, period. You tell me the sky is green, I know you're lying. Yeah. It's not, it's blue. You, you, can't, you can't change it. But deceptive is so powerful. Deception is because it's mixing a little bit of truth with a little bit of lie to make it sound good in the middle. Y'all heard me. Deception is why the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked above everything else. Who can know it but God? Because deceitfulness says I'm a, this is a lie, but I'm going to mix it with some truth so it sounds good in the middle. And I can deceive you. I did kill all the people, but I kept the king. We did kill out animals, but we kept the good ones. Look at what Samuel told him in verse 22 and 23, y'all. But Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord? Your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice. And submission is better than the offering of fat rams. Rebellion is as the sin as witchcraft. And stubbornness as bad as worshiping idols. So because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. Come on. In God's positioning system, y'all, obedience opens up the road. We missed that. Samuel was giving us keys to the kingdom right here. Obedience is better than sacrifice. And see, it's often taught that sacrifice is a bad thing. And it can be. Yeah, yeah, I know know plenty of brothers that have sacrificed their freedom because they chose to sell drugs. It's people that have sacrificed their freedom because they chose to rob banks. Right? It's people who have sacrificed their relationships because they chose to do things outside of them. Sacrifice their job because they didn't want to do what they were supposed to do on their job, right? Yeah. So sacrifice can be a bad thing. That's real. But that's not what this text, text teaches, and we missed it. They sacrificed the good stuff. The best of the animals. The best of the lamb. The gold, the plunder, they're bringing the best that the Amalekites have to offer and give it to God. Wow, wow. See, God don't want your good stuff. Come on, yeah. If it ain't from the right heart. My God. Mm. Good. Heart. Woo. My God. Obedience flows from your heart. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. 
And see, we can sacrifice good things like going to church, praise God. Thank you all for coming today, amen. You felt God led you, and I love that. You got up and made your way. We can sacrifice good things like coming to church. We can sacrifice good things like maybe serving in the committee. We can sacrifice a good thing like giving our tithes and our offering. But if our heart is not in it, that's why New Testament Paul says, don't ever give begrudgingly. If it, if it hurts your heart to give, please keep it because God don't need it. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Don't bring that up here and your heart ain't right. We can go to church for years and never really give into obedience and submission. Hear me now. God gave me this. If you refuse to walk in submission, your worship becomes septic. Oh, Jesus, amen. If you refuse to walk in submission to God, your worship becomes septic. I know what septic is. It can kill you. Infection on the inside. Going to other organs. So when your heart ain't right, I ain't say you had to be perfect. I said when your heart ain't right. When you ain't with God, when you ain't broken about your sin, when you're not broken, it don't affect you no more. You keep on sinning, and it's like, God, forgive me. He'll do it. You ain't broken no more behind your sin. You ain't broken no more behind lies. You ain't broken no more about things. God said, your worship, you can't submit to me and obey me. Your worship becomes septic. Why you think the devil got kicked out of heaven? Why you think he got kicked out? Because he changed the worship focus from God to himself. It became septic. And God said, that can't be up here where I dwell. It's too holy up here. It's too much of my glory around here. And God should not share his glory with any man. So he's kicked out. Your worship matters. New Testament. Jesus said this. If you have an ought with your brother, make peace with him first before you bring me my offering. Uh, 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 how, how can you hate a man How can you uh, love a God you can't see But hate a man you do see It don't make sense to me Jesus said this forgive your brother first Before you come pray to me Because if you don't forgive your brother Your heavenly father won't forgive you Your heart position matters Even in your worship Septic worship has the potential To be fatal to your destiny what God has called you to do. Look at how he feels about rebellion, y'all. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Woo! I know some people that don't fly on rooms. I know some people that don't got no cauldrons. I know some people that don't got no frogs in the jar. But they witches. Full-blown witches because of rebellion. See, witchcraft is a spell. It's, it's no secret when we look at the news here, Chicago, everywhere else, and it seems like these young folk gone crazy. It's easy. It's rebellion. And it's caused a witchcraft over them. They're under a spell that I'd rather shoot you than talk to you. They under a spell that I'd rather sleep around and do what I want to do right now because it's my body. I can do what I want to. They under a spell. He says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And all rebellion is is saying, God, I don't want your way. I'm going to do it my way. 
God, I don't want your advice. I'm going to take my own. God, I don't need you. I'm going to follow my horoscope. God, I don't need you. I'm going to look at the astrology and the stars to get what I need. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as bad as worshiping idols. Saw you stubborn. I can't tell you nothing. God put me in your life to help you, Saul. I anointed you. I'm giving you the instructions of the Lord. And you so stubborn. You can't even humble yourself when I showed up and said, Samuel, forgive me. It, it crept in my heart again, and I tried. I just tried to do it my own way. Help me, Samuel. What? Tell me, come and handle this business because I'm sorry. But he's stubborn. See, all stubbornness is what? Same thing. I'm doing it my own way. And just, just so we know, you can become your own idol. You know that, right? That you can become your own God by the way you live your life. He says, so because you have rejected the command of the Lord, he has rejected you as king. His king, God already told him in verse, chapter 13 that I'm tearing the kingdom from you. But he still let him be king. Now you didn't try it again? He said, nah, I'm rejecting you now today as king. So Saul was upset now. Because you've taken away the thing that I thought made me somebody. Mm. Come on, Pastor. You've taken away what I found my identity in, and I didn't give you all the credit and honor and glory for it, God. So Samuel's walking away from him, and Saul reaches out to grab him. Because Samuel's like, I'm done with you, and he tears his garment. Samuel said, Just like you tore my garment, the Lord has torn his kingdom from you today. And give it to someone who is better than you. My God. Ooh. My Lord. He has the position now. He has the title still. He has the benefits of being king. But taking this dangerous detour, he no longer has the anointing. Yeah. My God. I'm sorry, you can keep the position. You can keep the title. You can keep the accolades. You can keep the money. You can keep the fame. If I don't have the anointing, it don't matter. He rejected the anointing as God. He said, I found somebody better than you. I've given it to him. Saul upset, y'all. Y'all gonna read it for yourselves. Why I didn't put everything up there? I want you to read this. He says, Look here. Ah, he who is in glory of Israel, he's talking about God, would never change his mind when it comes to something like this. It's over. Saul pleaded again. I know I sinned. I know I messed up. I know I didn't kill everything. I, I, I know I messed up. I'm sorry, but, but, but please go back before the elders with me. Go with the people so we may worship the Lord together one more time. Samuel didn't go. Don't have the anointing, but he want to look good in front of the people. <laughs> go, go, go with the people. Go in front of me, people, one last time, please. He know he rejected. He knows the anointing is gone. But he don't have the power no more that God has given him. So Samuel finally decided, look here. I'll go back with you. But first Samuel, I love this. He takes Agag. See, Agag thought he escaped. He wasn't tripping that all his people had died. He said, at least I escaped. 
Samuel takes the sword and kills Agag. You, you, you left many mothers in Israel childless. Now your mother's going to be childless, what he told him. Yeah. He, he kills Agag and cuts him into pieces and takes him to Gilgal. I didn't read y'all. I told you the Bible is the team, all that crazy. Y'all want to watch these crazy shows. He cut him into pieces yeah. and then took him back to Gilgal. Yeah. But he said, look here. Before I can even pretend like you got it together, I got to go take care of God's business. Because I would not leave here with 210,000 troops thinking it's okay to disobey God. I won't leave here when the nations, so they can go back home and tell their friends, family, and loved ones that they didn't keep God's word. He takes care of King Agag. And he goes out with Saul one more time before the people they worship. Bible says this, Samuel would never meet with Saul again, but he constantly mourned for him. And the Lord was sorry he ever made Saul king of Israel. I told you when the Bible repeats something, you better pay attention. God said it twice. I'm sorry. I have more faith in him than he had faith in me. So Saul's disobedient Turned a dangerous detour into a closed road. I'm almost done, y'all. Mm, close. Wow. Closed road. Not even local traffic can come through. It's closed. <laughs> closed road. You know, sometimes local traffic yeah. can go through. You can drive down a little bit. Nah, nah, nah. Dangerous detours can take you to a closed road. Okay. It's closed. He lost the anointing. He lost interaction with the prophet and priest of God, Samuel. He lost his peace and he ended up losing his mind. He lost his son. He lost his kingdom. He loses everything because he was disobedient. The wild thing is this, though. Saul's disobedience closed his road. But it opened the road for a shepherd boy. Amen. Yeah, yeah, I can't leave y'all on a side. No, we're about to go home. This, this is the powerful part of it. Yes, yes. That, that Saul's disobedience closed his road. Wow. But it opened up the road for a shepherd boy. Wow. Thank you, God. See, this is why you got to continue to prepare for what God has for you. This is why you got to do what's right just because you got to do what's right. This is why you got to pray just because you got to pray. This is why you got to study just because you got to study. This is why you got to fast just because you need to fast. This is why you got to live right just because you got to live right because you never know what God is about to do in your life. The shepherd boy is somewhere chilling doing what God called him to do. The king yeah. is disobeying God, doing whatever he want to do. Yeah. So just like your obedience is tied to someone else's freedom, yes. someone's disobedience can begin your breakthrough. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Someone's disobedience can begin your breakthrough. He has no idea that God's about to make him king of Israel. All he's doing is obeying so while we're trying to figure out life, y'all, mm. and walk this path, mm. I encourage you today. I hope somebody has it in their heart. I don't know what it may be, but today is the day you decide, I'm going to kill it all. Yeah. Kill it all. Kill it all. Kill it I'm going to submit. I'm going to obey. And because of we in the New Testament, we got Jesus, mm-hmm. which means it's easier for us. First yeah. yeah. John 1 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Yeah. Yeah. And cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We have an advocate. 
that they didn't have. Yes, my God. So in this season, y'all, I hear God saying, look here, if you want to roll this GPS thing, if you want to allow me to position you, you got to allow me to kill things in your life that don't mean you no good. You, you, you got to take it to your obedience to a whole nother level. You got to take your ability to submit to me to a whole nother level. Come on. That's my God. Because let's be truthful. The world's moving. We all got stuff to do. We got families. We got kids. Let's be real. Life is busy. But we can always make time for God if we choose. God is saying, look here. I'm preparing you. So be prepared. I have a plan and a vision for your life. I got something I want to do in your life. I got a purpose that's just for you. I got something I need you to do. No matter if you think it's big or small, everything is big in me because everything's connected. But what you can't do is not be ready. What you can't do is not obey. Because one thing about this is true about God is that his will will get done no matter what. See, Saul thought God needed him because he was the first king. Don't ever, I said last week, don't ever think God needs you. God is precious enough and loving us to use us. He don't need us. As soon as Saul decided to disobey, what did he tell him? I already found somebody else. A man is better than you. He better than you. I got, I got somebody better in the waiting. I got somebody ready to obey in the waiting. And David is known as what? A man after God's own heart. And David wasn't perfect. I ain't going to get to all that in the series, but we can. I might be GPS part two. We can look at David's life. David had some issues too. But when David messed up, God created me a clean heart. God, I need your Holy Spirit. Take your Holy Spirit from me. God, forgive me. I'm guilty. I'm guilty before you. I sinned before you. I did this evil in your sight. And only in your eyes I did it. God, wash me from iniquity. God, cleanse me. The position of the heart. The position of the heart. So... I know we pretty much got our family here. If God's told you to kill something today, man, and you want to, you, you, you want to just declare it, decree it right now, you want to come up to the altar and say, God, I'm killing it all. Whatever this thing is, I'm killing it today. We're here to pray with you and love you and encourage you. That I'm, I'm getting rid of this thing today. I don't want to be in hindrance to it no more. I, I don't want it bothering me no more. Biggest thing for me as a parent, I don't want it on my children. I don't want nothing on them. Yeah. So God, if I got to be the generational curse breaker, if I got to be the, the first runner yes, to change it, God, give me the strength to kill it all. So what I struggle with, they won't even flinch at me. What, what, what troubled me would never get in trouble. What bothered me won't ever harm them in any way, shape, or fashion. But we got to make a decision to kill it off. So I don't... If it's you today, if you got you want to come to the altar, anybody not saved, that's first call always. If you're not saved, you want to give your life to Christ. Amen. We welcome you today. If you're not saved and you want to give your life to Christ, please come. We would love to make sure you know Jesus. 
and that you love him, know him, and a pardon of your sins if you don't know Jesus. But if you do know him and you say, look here, Pastor, there's some stuff I got to kill today. I, I got to begin to kill it today. If that's you, make your way to the front. You need to be saved. You need to be baptized. Whatever it may be. If it's you, you got some stuff you need to kill today. Make your way to the front. We're going to pray. We're going to believe God and trust God. Whatever. If you got some stuff you need to kill. See, this is the thing. Y'all know me. I don't, I, don't, I don't make this no longer than it need to be. I ain't gonna, I, I can't scare you into heaven. If I gotta scare you, it's an abusive relationship. And I can't scare you into deliverance neither. But what I want you to understand is that if you're holding on to something and you know it's not of God, Jesus. that's just, be, if you can't be real in the church, what are we doing? If this, if this the place we can't be real at, because we live in society, let's be for real. It, it, we always like to call, call out, you know, LGBTQ and all that stuff because you can see they sin. Huh. What about it's easy to point them out. Yeah. So we look at them like they strange and like they this and like they that because it's easy to see. But, but, but what if what if God starts saying, you know what? I'm going to do like the airports. I'm going to put a sin back yeah. to the door. Jesus. That's going to show you what's in your heart and let you walk in the door. Beep. Fornication. Beep. Adultery. Liar, big thief, big whoremonger, big fighter, big whatever it may be. So what I'm saying is, y'all, I want to be real and as transparent as possible. I know what it feels like. Yeah. I know what it feels like to be in a struggle, in a battle. I know what it feels like to fight. Yeah. Been walking with the Lord 17 years. I know. So if you need to kill something today. Here, Pastor Hart, if you need to kill something today, and it might not be none of that, it could be fear. That's it. It could be doubt. That's it. It's keeping you from being what God has called you to be. That's it. It ain't always got to be the sins that we think it'll be. Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's doubt. Sometimes I got to kill this resentment in me. It's some people I ain't forgave, and I got to kill that. So I want y'all to understand, y'all. God, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Whatever it may be, amen. Thank we want to offer this Jesus. last call, thank amen. We're going to pray with everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank I just want to encourage y'all to know that God loves you, God cares, and He's here to help you fight every battle. He's never lost a battle. He's never lost a battle. Y'all know how to praise Him. He's never lost a battle. See, my mind look like this. If I'm in a battle, I'm going to praise him in advance because he never lost one. I'm giving him glory right now because I know. Thank you, God. Why wait to shout when it's over? You can shout right now. Why wait to lift my hands and declare it when I can declare it right now? I know I don't see it. I might not even feel it yet. But he never lost the battle. That's the God I serve. He don't lose. Thank you, God. So, God, I'm going to praise you in advance. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. My I don't God. care who look at me crazy. Ooh, I don't Jesus, care who don't believe it. me. That's I know who you are in my life. That's I'm going it. to praise you yeah. in advance you, for my breakthrough. <laughs> that part. Ooh, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank God, you, Lord. I just thank you, God, for the position that you're going to do in our lives. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank Jesus, you, Jesus, Jesus. Thank you, 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 Father God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, we come boldly to the throne of grace, oh God, thanking you for strength and mercy in the time of need, oh God. I ask right now, Father God, thank you for every soul that is coming up here today, Father God. I thank you, oh God, for their honesty. I thank you, oh God, for their love for you. I thank you, oh God, that this is a safe place, a safe of healing, a safe of deliverance, a safe of a place of power, a place, oh God, of healing, a place of worship, a place of uh, uh, your authority, a place, oh God, of healing, oh God, a place that we need right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. That whatever someone came up here with today, oh God, whatever scrolled across their mind, oh God, when you said kill it all, God, whatever thing that is in their heart, whatever thing that is causing them pain, whatever thing that is causing them grief, whatever thing that is keeping them up at night, whatever thing that has got them crying, whatever is causing them to have pain, whatever, oh God, is causing them, oh God, a blockage, oh God, in the name of Jesus, a blockage in you, oh God, there is a blockage in their heart, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, wherever the blockage is, oh God, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus, oh God, we say right now, Father God, we lay it down at your altar, oh God, I, I believe prophetically, oh God, right now, oh God, if you are stripping them, oh God, and whatever it is, they are putting it on the ground. They are laying at your altar. They are putting it at your feet, oh God. Depression is at your feet, oh God. Unforgiveness is at your feet, oh God. Resentment is at your feet, oh God. Lust is at your feet, oh God. Pride is at your feet, oh God. Hatred is at your feet, oh God. A drug is at your feet, oh God. Alcohol is at your feet, oh God. Whatever it is, oh God. Is that fear, oh God? Doubt, oh God. Unbelief, oh God. Uh, uh, procrastination. I don't know what it is, oh God. Whatever it is, we declare it's dead. 
We declare this Sunday is a funeral for things that have held us back. That it is a funeral for things that have kept us back. That it is a funeral. Jesus. Anything dead ought to be buried. God said kill it all. So we're killing it today, Father God. We seal it with the blood in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. Amen. You got some praise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you. Woo, Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. I thank you, God, for your movement. Thank you, Jesus. I want y'all to please God. Do it. He's able. He's able. Y'all know that, right? He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask or think or even imagine according to the power that works within you. God want to blow your mind. God want to show you stuff you ain't never even dreamed about. That's it. That's it. But that power got to work in us. That's it. So we're going to be praying for y'all. We're going to call your names this week. We're going to call out all y'all names. Be encouraged and be strength. Yeah. Know that God loves you and God cares. We've got to praise this place. Is he worthy? Praise him like your dad. Praise him. Y'all praise him like you got the victory. You ought to praise him like you got the victory. You ought to praise him like he's already done. God, we thank you. God, we honor you. God, we bless you. surrendering of hearts. We thank you, oh God, for the surrender that's in this place. I thank you for, I thank y'all for throwing up some white flags today. God says thank y'all for throwing up some white flags. Because when you're killing it, you're throwing up the white flag and saying, God, you do it. I fought it alone in my own strength. God, we thank you and praise you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh my God, he is worthy. Honor of God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you, God. Give him another praise. Amen. Come give another praise. Love y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. Amen. Somebody get some Kleenex. We thank y'all. Amen. Y'all can't go. Y'all can't go back to y'all seats. We appreciate y'all. Make sure y'all come and uh, talk to me, first lady, if y'all need to after service as well. Amen. We love y'all and appreciate y'all so much. We serve an awesome, mighty God. Amen. Yes, we do, man. Woo, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. This time we will get ready to do our offering. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. We ready to do our tithes and our offering. Um, you look on the screen. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand. The usher will give you an envelope uh, if you need one. Or you can also give electronically, either the text to give or cash app. Both are fine. Uh, both are fine. Amen. 